Hello and welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And we are fired up because we're back. It's a new season, 2021, about to get going here. And it's the Daytona 500. So you know, a lot more people possibly able to bet around the country. They're legalizing gambling left and right across the states. So happy to have you here if it's the first time you've ever listened to us. What we do here, we take a look at the race that's upcoming in the NASCAR circuit, and we're going to break it down. So the episode structure, what you can expect, we'll start off a little bit of an intro, talk about you know past race, current topics, etc. But then we're going to get right into the track and start to pick winners for who we like that weekend, break down the odds and the strategy behind it. Then we'll take a look at some top 10 picks and some props kind of jumbled together there in the middle. And then we'll cap off our picks with some head-to-head matchups. We're going to break them down. A lot of people's favorite part of the podcast because it's a, an interesting conversation breaking them down. And then we usually wrap up with what I like to call Phil's Fired Up. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, but it has something to do with gambling in the NASCAR world. So that's really what we do here. And I'm happy to have you along for this ride. So looking at where we're at right now, we just watched recording this right now on poll day just watch qualifying saw the hendrick motorsports camp claim the top two spots again i feel like they do that every year alex bowman won the poll william byron starting second so they're locked in they don't have to worry about the duels and um interesting you know we're gonna record this obviously before the duels but i think a lot of the major teams don't really worry about that it's really about the guys that need it to lock themselves into the race but for the most part the major teams i mean even if they wreck in the duels they've got backup cars that can compete so still feel confident giving out some picks knowing that things could go a little hairy or squirrely in the duels so the clash happened last night and i'll tell you what if the clash told us anything it was two things. One is that last year is going to be a good indication for us as gamblers as we look at 2021 each race because the guys who were good last night were the same guys who were good last year. So I think this is something that we're going to be able to utilize when we're doing our research each week. We can see what happened a year ago and and kind of assume that, you know, those guys are going to be good again at the different tracks we go to because it was Chase. It was, you know, Truex on a road course. Blaney was up there. Hamlin, of course. I mean, Hamlin dominated the first part of that race. So it's just the same crew of guys. And, um, I mean, Harvick had a rough night. But you get the picture. And the other thing we learned was, you know, I put out a, a pick on Instagram, at Full Tank Phil on Instagram, and said, you know, we got to take Chase, right, until he gives us a reason not to take him on a road course. And he didn't last night. Even though he lost the race, he came from the back to basically contend for the win on the last turn. And so when we go to the road course a week from now, we're going to be talking about Chase. But uh, I digress. Good race overall. They didn't do the tri-oval. They went to the road course for the clash, and I think it was a success. Gave us something a different to look at. And, um, yeah, we'll be analyzing that a little bit more next week. 
But right now, let's turn our attention to Sunday, the Daytona 500. It's the most fun race of the year, most anticipated race of the year. We all know that, the comparisons to the Super Bowl, and it starts the season. So, of course, this podcast episode is going to be jam-packed. So I'm just going to get right to it because I feel like we have a lot of stuff to break down. So let's start with what I like to call the track stats, just going over just some of the data on Daytona's past races to see if it gives us any indication on, you know, where to lean in certain areas. So uh, 147 races all time at Daytona in the past, and the winner has started on the pole 26 times. The last time it happened was Dale Jr. in 2015, so a little while ago, uh, about six years now. Now, winner has started in the top five 57% of the time, which is interesting to me because, we talk about qualifying and the duels not really mattering that much. I mean, I was listening to an interview with Brian Patty on uh, Sirius XM NASCAR radio, and Moody was the host, tried to get him to pretty much say, hey, the duels matter, qualifying matters, and, and he was politely saying, not really. Um, but when you look at the stats, I mean, guys starting in the top five, 57% of the time are going to win the race. And if you look at the top 10, it's 77% of the time. I found that surprising considering the fact that it's a super speedway, and we're going to get into why that, what that means in just a second. But outside of the top 20, the winner has only started there 12 times, but the last time it happened, just a year ago with Denny Hamlin in 2020. So, And actually, kind of a trend lately, three of the last five races, it's happened. So very uh, two of them are in the summer, but still pretty interesting, if you ask me, that you know hasn't really happened a lot all time and 147 races, but recently it's a thing. So maybe Brian Patty's on to something there. Now, why is this a fun race to watch and why is it fun to bet on? I mean, if you're a new person into the gambling world or maybe you're not really into NASCAR, you just like gambling, why is Daytona the race that you want to start dipping your toe in the water? Well, it's because you know both of the answers are the same. It's because anybody can win. So from a viewer's standpoint, it just makes it fun because it's really a crapshoot. I mean, there are the guys who are, you know, super speedway guys, and they'll be there at the end. And we'll talk about those guys in a second. But uh, for the most part, I mean, the big one happens four or five times now. You know what I mean? And so that's why it makes it fun to watch. From a gambler's perspective, though, you get so much more from the odds than you will at any racetrack. So if you're not really familiar with betting on NASCAR, a week from today and you know the subsequent weeks, the favorite's going to be going off around plus 300, just to give you an idea. But right now, the favorite at Daytona this weekend is plus 800. That's a, a phenomenal gain for you if you wanted to take the favorite. And that just means everybody down the list, the numbers are outrageous. So you could really tell me you know, hey, Phil, I'm, I'm going to bet on this driver, X driver. And there's not really much I can say to you to talk you out of it because the odds, if they're a long shot, are great for you. And they have a chance at Daytona, whereas at a track like Atlanta or Phoenix, you know, that those guys might not have that same opportunity. So we're going to talk about some guys here that we might not talk about you know, for a few weeks here on the podcast. So we're going to look at the combination of people who have been good in the past, some good stats, gut feelings, and also the odds. The odds are going to speak to us here because we want to take that combination of, you know, good odds as, you know, the gambler and also good driver. So that's where we're getting into. Let's talk about our first pick. We're going to start talking picks to win the race. Typically, I like to pick about three just to, to call out for you, and I'll probably throw money down on all three of these guys, but I think 
I don't know, we'll see how we're feeling. I might throw in a fourth one. So I'm going to start with Ryan Blaney. He is someone who jumps off the page to me because he's going off at plus 1,200 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. And Blaney, to me, when I'm thinking about Daytona, I think, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Because I just feel like he's a guy who's just been so close. And then when you dig into a little bit, you find out that actually is true. So in his last 10 races, he has two top fives, four top tens at Daytona. His average finish is 18.3 in that time span, which is good enough for 10th on the circuit. But if you just look at his Daytona 500 numbers, it gets much, much better. All right. So you cancel out the summer races. He has two top fives, three top tens. His average finish jumps up to 12.2, which at Daytona, is very, very good. So he's finished second twice last year with that crazy wreck with Ryan Newman and in 2017 as well. So he's just always right around it. And his numbers in 2020, second place in the Daytona 500, but in the fall or sorry, the summer race, I think it was in August, he finished sixth. So last year was a good year for him at Daytona. And here's a stat that I really like. It's called driver rating, which takes into consideration all the loop data and everything. So if you're having a good race and then wreck out, it doesn't penalize you. It's a lot like quarterback rating if you're new to NASCAR. His driver rating at Daytona is second on the circuit, 88.3. So that's something else. It's just a feather in the cap. Came out in the clash, you know, performed really well as a team. So I like him. He also feels like he has something to prove. He's hungry because he got knocked out so early in that playoffs last year. Blaney's out for something. This feels like it could be a really good year. He watched his real good buddy, Chase Elliott, win the championship. He got to figure, you know, as happy for him as he was, Blaney really wants it. So I like Blaney at this number. Plus 1,200 is a really good number for that 12 car. So lock me in for Blaney. Now we're going to move on to somebody a little bit more of a long shot, and that's you know, I'm not going to be taking any really long shots. Like if you were to tell me, hey, Phil, you know, Bubba Wallace is somebody I really like because I, I like the numbers he's putting up in practice and qualifying. Great. I'm not going to tell you not to take him at plus 3,000 or whatever he is. But this is more of a long shot, though, that is very obtainable. Eric Almarola, plus 1,800 right now. And on FanDuel, I think he's going off at plus 2,000. Now, I could only suspect after qualifying that's going to you know get a little bit more short uh, because he qualified third. But this is somebody who, it's a strange case, right? So let's talk about his situation at Stuart Haas. I'm going to be talking about Eric Amarillo, I feel like, for a lot this year, a lot of podcast episodes, just because of where he is in the odds, I feel like he's going to stand out to us. But looking at Stuart Haas racing, you know, you got Harvick, he's the, the stable, you know, go-to guy. Then you got Cole Custer coming off Rookie of the Year. You got the new guy, Chase Briscoe, coming in. And then there's Eric Amarola. Sorry, he's sitting on one-year deal. He's got to perform. And it's just kind of awkward. It kind of feels like he's a lame duck driver at the moment. He had to fight for an extension last year. He's kind of in the same boat. Going to our resident 10-car fan, my buddy Nick, he's the, the guy I go to for that info. And he said, you know, it just kind of feels like He's the guy with the least amount of spotlight on him in that camp. And he might be right. But his numbers at Daytona, for betting on him, last 10 races, one top five, two top tens, which, you know, it's not great, but Daytona is so hard to really put a full race together. His average finish is 16.4, which is seventh out of everyone. And this, if you're in that camp, if you're in that 10-car team or that shop, super speedways 
open the door for you to have a great season. I mean, I think back to Denny Hamlin in 2016. There was uh, Eric Jones coming up, and they were thinking about Hamlin being the one getting booted. And then Hamlin went out and won that Daytona 500, secured his job. I'm not saying that those two are on the same level, but it seems kind of similar. Like, Almirola could be kicked to the curb. He goes out and snags a victory here. That changes his whole career. So, Dylan, and if you remember this, Dylan wrecked him, Austin Dillon, that is, in 2018, Almirola was in the lead on the last lap of the Daytona 500 and got wrecked into the wall by the three car, finished 11th. So he has the ability to keep the car up front and get the W. So I think Eric Almirola is a good, I'll call it mid-round, mid-pack sleeper pick, plus 1,800, lock me in for that number. Now I'm going to talk about somebody who I wrote this down before the clash and I'm not sure if I'm regretting it or not, but I think I'm still going to roll with it. Kyle Busch. I mean, Busch was going off at plus 1,600. Now he's down to plus 1,400. He won the clash last night because he was more Johnny on the spot, right? The the two big guys wrecked, and there was the 18 to clean up the mess. But I think that Kyle is just so due for a comeback season. It would just be so Kyle to come out and just shut up all the haters that were you know talking trash all offseason by coming out and winning the Daytona 500. I mean, he's he's dying for that win. And I sometimes talk about the odds, almost like stocks, because a few years ago when we started this podcast, Kyle Busch, was, he wouldn't have his name next to this type of number ever, right? He was always like plus 250. And even at Daytona, it was like plus 700. You can get Kyle Busch at plus 1,400, Lock me in, dude. Like, give it to me now. I like it. It's a great value. Now, he had a rough 2020 at Daytona. He finished 33rd and 34th. Not great, but we talked about, I mean, this is bounce back time for him. So, looking at his numbers at Daytona in the last 10 races, three top fives, three top tens, 20.4 average finish. Those last two races in 2020 are going to kill your average finish. But if you look at his all time for his full career compared to everybody else's all-time numbers. He's ninth on the circuit, 19.4 average finish. But let's go back to that driver rating stat I mentioned. He's first out of everyone. First. All right. He finished second in 2019 in this race. Third in 2016. All right. And he finished second in the July 2016 race. So Kyle Busch, even though it kind of feels like he's got this like bad luck at Daytona, he has been very close recently. So I think it'd just be so textbook, Kyle, for that 18 to be in victory lane. Now, what I mentioned about the Clash, I don't know the last time somebody won the Clash and then won the the 500. I feel like it's kind of like the Masters when you win the par 3 contest. Uh, But anyway, I'm still sticking with them. Plus 1,400 is just too good to pass up because those stocks that I talked about, I think as soon as Kyle gets a win or two, he's going to be right down and you're not going to see him anywhere near these numbers as the season goes on. So... Lock it in. Now, I mentioned wanted to take three guys, but I cannot resist. I just can't do it. I had them kind of written down. How can we talk about this race without talking about Denny Hamlin? I mean, we, we called him out last year. I had guys calling me up right before the race, people who don't give a shit about NASCAR. Phil, I'm betting on the race. Who to take? And I said, lock in the 11. If you don't care about any of the other stuff that I, I'm interested in talking to you about, just bet, bet the 11. That's all you got to do. And felt like a genius. I mean, he cashed in for us. How can we not talk about him? He's going off right now at plus 800. Uh, DraftKings had him at one point at 
plus 700. So he's going to be hovering around that mark for a little bit. Um, he's won two in a row. All right. He's going for a third straight. That's what scares me off. You know what I mean? If you're just talking about this in a silo, absolutely sign me up for the 11 car. But it just seems like so impossible for somebody to win three in a row. And going back to 2016, this would be four out of the last six races. So how crazy is that to think about? So it's just really tough to get behind something like that. But he's just so good here. I mean, last year, first in the 500, third in the August race. You know what I mean? It's just how can you not take someone like this, especially when I talked about how the favorite has good odds going in. I'm going to have to go for it. I just can't resist. His average finish is 13.1 in the last 10 races. That's second out of everyone. And he's got three wins in that time, five top fives, five top tens. It's just too good to pass up. Then if you want to take another approach, DraftKings has a boost going on right now for him to finish in the top three. They'll give you, instead of plus 200, which he's at right now, if you opt into the boost, they'll give it plus 333. 333 will be your your odds for Denny to finish in the top three. So uh, definitely take that, right? I mean, if, if the wind scares you away a little bit, go for the top three action. I like that as well. So Denny Hamlin can't resist. He's too good to pass up on at this racetrack. He just has it in his blood right now. So just to recap, I'm taking Blaney, Almarola, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Next, we'll get into some props, as we typically call them. But mostly, this is the, the top 10 section. Sometimes we talk about some true props. And uh, this week, we've actually got a, a very interesting future prop bets. We'll get into that in a second. But for the most part, this is where we talk about top 10 picks because we like to to spread the love around, talk about some guys who you know might be too long of a shot to win the race, but it makes it more fun for you just to cheer for them and finish in the top 10. And um, I tend to find that these are some of the most fun bets when you're sitting there watching on race day. So let's get it and we'll spread the love around a little bit. It's Valentine's Day, the 500 is this year, so why the hell not? We're going to start with Matt DiBenedetto. Now, the odds that I look for here, you could get some guys, you could take, you know, Chase or Denny minus 230 to finish in the top 10. That's not what I'm about here. I'm all about the longer odds on guys that are more obscure. So DiBenedetto is going off at plus 170, and he is somebody kind of like Almarola. That stands out to me when I think of Daytona or Talladega. I think of his cars, you know, up there now, eventually wrecking sometimes. But his stats at Daytona in the last 10 races, three top 10s. So 30% of the time, his average finish is 19.6. That's pretty good compared to, you know, everybody else. It's just outside the top 10 in that step. But he always seems to find a way to be there in the end. And you know, he survives the first, second, third, fourth big wrecks of the day. And, and a lot of times it's that late one, the fifth or sixth that take him out. And he just hasn't had that luck a lot of times. But if you look at his full stats at Daytona, I mean, three top tens. But yeah, he just missed a couple times. 12th, he's got a 13th, he's got a 19th last year at Daytona. So... 2019, he led 49 laps and he was wrecked late in that race, but still 
worth a shot at plus 170. I really like it to finish in the top 10. To Benedetto, driving that Wood Brothers car, I mean, he needs a ride next year. He's putting on a, a show. He's displaying his talents for somebody out there to take a shot on next year. So if you go out and you win that Daytona 500, my goodness, how could you turn down Matty D next year? So mark me down, plus 170 to finish in the top 10. That's all we need from him here. I like it a lot. Next guy we're going to talk about is uh, definitely an interesting one. I was actually pretty surprised to see the odds on this guy being so long. And that's Eric Jones. He's going off at plus 250 to finish in the top 10. Now that number, I mean, maybe they know something I don't, but that number to me does not make too much sense. His last 10 races at Daytona, one win, two top fives, and three top tens. His average finish is 20.5. So again, a little bit just outside the top 10 on the circuit for average finish for everyone. He won the July race in 2018. That wasn't very long ago. All right. And he finished third in the 500 in 2019 in this race. So super speedways, to me, Eric Jones stands out on those super speedways. He's strong here. And he got booted from the 20 car. We know this. But he's getting into a ride, 43, that's being vacated by Bubba Wallace. And Bubba has shown that some of his best races were at Daytona and Talladega. So you've got a driver who is clearly pretty good at this racetrack and just super speedways in general. And then you've got a team, a race shop, who builds cars that succeed at these tracks. Give me the top 10 odds all day. Plus 250 makes sense. I, I mean, I love it. As the gambler, I think we're making out like bandits here. I think they they messed this up. So Eric Jones not getting a lot of love at all from the sports books. If you look at him up and down, no matter what book you're going on, he's not getting much love whatsoever. So I'm, I'm going to throw some love his way. You know what I mean? Plus 250, lock me in. Now the last guy I'm going to call out for the top tens. This is a guy who we talk about every time we go to Daytona. Last time, uh, or last year rather, even when we got to the road course, we were like, you know what? Let's lock in on Michael McDowell because there's just something about Daytona that speaks to this guy, and he's just there. He is going off to finish in the top 10 at plus 300. Very long odds. And I think this is a great chance for us as gamblers to you know, make up some ground here on these sports books because this is his place. He's got insane value here because he puts himself in position to be there in the end, kind of like Matty D, but I think much better than Matty D. He avoids wrecks, and even when he does get wrecked, he's somehow back in it. He's just a, a like a cockroach almost to these other guys in these bigger teams. He's just there. And the shocking thing to me, we've been throwing out the average finish stat. The shocking thing to me is that when you talk about average finish in the last 10 races, who is the number one driver? It's Michael McDowell, 12.5. That beats all of them. I mentioned how Denny was second. He's second to this guy, Michael McDowell. Crazy stuff. And the other thing is, Daytona's going to have a lot of wrecks. He has only wrecked out of one race in the last 10 races at Daytona. Now, I'm probably jinxing him with that, but it just goes to show you. I mean, the guy's able to maneuver through the bullshit. In his last 10 races, two top fives, four top tens, and then you look at some of the ones where he just missed. He had a 14th, another 14th, a 13th, and a couple 15ths. So if you're making this bet, 
you're going to have some damn fun. I guarantee it. I mean, how could you not? He's going to be hovering around, going from 5th back to 20th, back up to 4th, back to 11th. Like, it's going to be a good, good show for you in this bet. So, plus 300 from Michael McDowell. I'm all over it. I love it. It was one of the first names I looked for on the sports books when they released the odds. Um, lock it in. So, just to recap the top 10s, Matty D, Eric Jones, and Michael McDowell are who we riding with for those picks. Now, to talk about other props... You know, in this section, the sports books haven't done a great job with the props so far. This is usually where you can bet on like like odd or even the winning car or the over under X value for the the car number that wins the race. And we haven't seen those very much throughout the different sports books so far. Um, heading into the the 500, they do have like the the team of the winning driver and um, will a driver win stage one and two. I'm not interested in those honestly right now. But what did get my attention, and I want to talk about it right here, just in case we don't have another chance to talk about it. It's a future bet, and I, in past episodes, years past, have talked about ways to make gambling on NASCAR better, and one of them is talking about wins for the season. Well, they actually, on DraftKings, have available right now head-to-head matchups for most wins on the year. So that's considered a prop for them, a future prop. And I'm not sure if it's going to stay there in the sports book all year long. I'm not sure if it's just there up until the first race starts or if you're going to be able to bet on it and the odds will change throughout the year. But they've got four matchups right now. Kyle Busch versus Martin Truex. Harvick versus Elliott. Logano versus Kozlowski. And Harvick versus Hamlin. All of those are great Great matchups. Why? Kyle Busch and Martin Truex both struggled last year. Both won win last year. They got to, you know, figure it out, right? Both of them are trying to rebound. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch in that matchup. I mean, they're even odds right now. I'm going with Kyle Busch. I think he's going to have a better bounce back year than Truex. Harvick versus Chase is a good one. Harvick is a huge underdog in this matchup. He's plus 100. I think the reason is because they're giving the nod to Chase because of all the road courses they added to the schedule. So that's a really intriguing matchup. I don't even know what I would do with that one. Logano and Kozlowski, two Penske teammates. These guys are just always battling, it seems like, in the sports books. They always match them up in the the head-to-head sections. I think I've got to go with Logano. He's another one that's just looking for a a bounce back. But I like Brad Moore. So I'm going to go with the two car uh, just from his experience. And I feel like maybe Logano wins two or three. I could see Brad winning three or four. So I'd like Kozlowski in that one. But if they do remain on the books, by the way, we'll, we'll keep track of these. We'll, we'll update them and, and maybe change our picks as the odds update along with them. But the last one is Harvick versus Hamlin. I mean, th- that was the, the matchup all last year with wins. Those guys went back and forth. And Harvick is just so good. But I'm really thinking that Hamlin's going to be laying the hammer down on everyone this year. So I would take Hamlin in that head-to-head matchup for wins total. So really cool to see that. I mean, they're making adjustments. They're getting more and more into it, and that's what we want. We'll talk more about that in the Phil's Fired Up section. So that's the, the only mention I have for props. If I like anything else, maybe I'll drop in the Insta story, you know, come Saturday or Sunday um, as we get closer to the race. Trex Jr. is going to be aggressive. Denny Hamlin out front. Aggressive goes around. Now it's time to get into most people's favorite part of the podcast. This is the head-to-head section where we break down two different drivers going up 
against each other. And this section is sponsored by OddsLibrary.com. These guys are doing great stuff here because they are trying to help you, the gambler, make the most money you possibly can. So this is a website that looks at all of the different sports books out there that are available to you and tells you what the best line is for whatever bet you're trying to make. So, for example, if I was trying to bet on the 76ers money line tonight, this is going to give me the best sports book for that betting option. So if DraftKings says, you know, they're plus 110, maybe FanDuel has them at plus 175, that's where I want to bet. More and more sports books are popping up every single day, and these guys are doing the hard work for you so you don't have to go all over the place looking for where to bet. So do yourself a favor, make the most money you possibly can. It's oddslibrary.com, and also give them a follow on Instagram as well, at oddslibrary. These guys are doing great stuff. So let's get to the first matchup here, and this is a good one because talk about comebacks. You know, a couple different types of comebacks between these two guys. We're talking about Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. They're both going off at even minus 115 apiece, and their stories are similar but so, so different. So let's start with Martin Truex Jr. All right, quickly about last year. I mean, if Kyle Busch didn't struggle the way he struggled and he was a normal Kyle Busch and had a regular season for that 18 team, Martin Truex Jr. would have been answering the questions from the media every single week because he flew below the radar last year with one win, I believe, is what he came out of the season with, which is very unlike him. So he's looking to bounce back. He wasn't himself. Lost his crew chief last year. You know, Cole Pern retired out of nowhere on him. So he's getting used to the, the new team. And, you know, he's looking to bounce back. So let's look at his numbers at Daytona in the last 10 races. Three top fives and three top tens. He finished second in 2016 to Denny Hamlin. It was one of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. But he's totally hit or miss at Daytona. He finished fourth in the summer race in 2020. After a top five, though, he has multiple bad finishes in a row. So if you're looking for a pattern, which I usually like to try to do, since he finished fourth in August, I would say that you might want to avoid him a little bit. His average finish is 19.5. That just misses the top 10 in that category of everyone in the circuit. So Truex, I mean, if you want him, you're going to will him to a comeback by betting on him, go for it. But let's look at Kyle Larson because, I mean, his situation is very well documented, coming off of a, a, almost a full season suspension for using a racial slur, lost his job, lost all of his endorsements, and went through a bunch of training and now has a, a ride with one of the best teams in the sport, the championship team, current champion team. They gave him the five car. So, He's back, and a lot of people didn't think he would be back, but now here he is, so new life into that career. So I'm not here to talk about Kyle Larson as a person. I'm here to talk about whether he's worth betting on because, you know, can he make me some money? That's all I care about. So in his last nine races, because he missed the August race last year being suspended, he's got four top ten finishes. He finished 10th in the 500 last year. His average finish is 7th out of everyone. 15.4, that's better than Truex. So he's got something to prove. I mean, he doesn't have many bad finishes. You know, when he finishes a race at Daytona, it's not like he's finishing dead last. So if you combine 
these two guys and look at them head to head at Daytona. Where have they finished when they've both been on the track at the same time in the last 10 races? Well, they've been on the track nine times together and Kyle has a seven to two lead in that series. So that's really all I needed. I'm going with the five car here. Kyle Larson is my pick over Martin Truex. There's just something about Truex at Daytona. You know, ever since that that second place finish, it seems like he's kind of snake bit. So give me the five car and Kyle Larson. Now, next matchup is one guy we already talked about. I talked about him to win the race. So how are we going to talk about him in this matchup? It's Eric Almarola going off minus 118 compared to Ricky Stenthouse Jr. This is a solid matchup of guys who are kind of mid-pack in terms of the odds and the way the sports books have laid them out. Now, Eric Almarola, I'm not going to go back into detail with him. We discussed him earlier. I mean, we talked about how his numbers are solid here. He's got that gut feel. The, the momentum, the team needs this. So we, we've talked about the, the 10 car. This bet is really about Stenhouse because I'm sick of going to Daytona or Talladega and hearing about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and how he's the super speedway guru. You know, he has not been Ricky Stenhouse that we're used to in a very long time. He has zero top 10 finishes in his last six races at Daytona. Now, he won the 2017 summer race, and I think that's what a lot of people remember. I mean, they remember the good old days with Ricky Stenhouse, but he hasn't been that guy. He goes out, he sets the tone, we'll talk about him, you know, the announcers will talk about him being so good, and, and he's very aggressive, but the fact of the matter is, He's too aggressive, and he's in lesser equipment than he was when he won that 2017 race. So JTD, JTG Doherty Racing, that's a mouthful. I mean, they put a lot of stock in this race. That is for sure. And they've definitely had this one circled as you know one of the ones that can get them into the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, I, I just think Ricky Stenhouse is too aggressive. So I'm taking, now head-to-head, these guys have a 5-5 split, which kind of you know, throws me for a loop a little bit, kind of goes against my point of Almarola being my pick. But to me, the manufacturer, the team is a big one. And, you know, when you have that 5-5 split, you would typically go with the better race shop. And Stuart Haas is just a better race shop overall. So give me Almarola in this matchup. I really think this is a big one simply because I think Ricky is going to go do something stupid and end up wrecking himself. Just got to hope he doesn't take the 10 car with him. So Almarol is my pick in that one. Now, a battle of two more guys who are evenly matched up, according to the sports books. Kurt Busch taking on Alex Bowman. Now, this is really a, a matchup of a legacy guy versus more of a young guy. So let's start with Kurt. One win, one top five, three top tens in his last 10 races here. His average finish is not great, 22.7. So his numbers aren't strong here, except for that one win that he had. I mean, he won the 500 just a few years ago, and his driver rating, though, is fourth. So his average finish number is not strong, but his driver rating, it is, you know, pretty serviceable there. I mean, fourth out of everyone, that's pretty good. But he really hasn't been great since he switched over to the one car. Once he left Stuart Haas, he's had four starts here, and his average finish drops to 25.5 
from what I said a second ago, 22.7 from the last 10 races. So it gets worse. He's worse lately. And in the last 10 races, he's got five DNFs. Just not what you want to see when you're betting on somebody, right? So now let's look at the other guy in this matchup, Alex Bowman. He's only been here six times. He's the young guy. But he's been on the front row four times after tonight when he won the pole. He's got two poles. So he's starting first. He doesn't have to worry about the duels. So very good stuff. In six starts, he has two top 10 finishes. Average finish 15.0. It's good enough for fifth out of everyone. And he finished seventh in the summer race last year. So he's got that Hendrick power. His driver rating is ninth. He seems just feisty. He's moving over to that 48 car. Got something to prove. How much of a storybook would it be for him to go out in Jimmy Johnson's first year out of the series, taking over that 48 car and winning the Daytona 500? I mean, it just seems like something that, you know, if you say sports are rigged, well, you know, we just saw Brady come and win the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be another check mark in the sports are rigged column. So, but it wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I'll tell you what, the Alex Bowman is somebody. You know, if you want to take him to win, I would never tell you not to take that because his odds are like plus 2,000 or up in that area. It'd be a great ticket to cash. Head-to-head, though, that's all we're concerned about in this matchup. Bowman versus Kurt. And head-to-head at Daytona in six races, Alex Bowman has a 5-1 lead in that series. So that's another thing that just puts it over the edge. Give me Alex Bowman in this in the 48 car, brand-new 48 driver, over Kurt Busch. Now, the last matchup here, two guys who are just veterans, one much younger than the other, Joey Logano, the favorite here, minus 118 over Kevin Harvick. All right, let's break these numbers down for you, and then we'll talk about you know why I like the person that I'm taking. So Joey Logano, we'll start with him, three top fives, five top tens in his last 10 races. He's tied for the most top 10s out of everyone that's going off on Sunday in the last 10 races. That, and five of them. So that's pretty damn good. His average finish is 17.6, good enough for ninth. And he crashed in both races last year. So not great. You know, had a a rough 2020, but who hasn't, right? From 2016 to 2019, he was really, really strong at Daytona. And his driver rating shows that. It's fifth out of everyone on the circuit, 86.3. So Logano is someone who, you know, he had a rough 2020 and kind of fell below the wayside. You know, people kind of forgot about him a little bit. He would poke up and the announcers would be like, oh, there's that 22 car, but just didn't get the finishes that they really wanted at the end of the day. He was just kind of there. And I think that, you know, he's got to get to that next level. And Daytona gives him that opportunity So now let's take a look at Kevin Harvick. Obviously a kick-ass 2020 season. Looking at Daytona, though, in the last 10 races, two top fives, two top tens. Not really strong numbers. Not really a super speedway guy, you would say. I mean, when you think of Daytona or Talladega, I'm not thinking of the four car, which is crazy because he's one of, if not the best guy in NASCAR. His average finish at Daytona is 22.8. He also, just like Kurt, five DNFs in the last 10 races. That's wild. Now, his drive rating, pretty solid, 7th, 81.6. And his head-to-head numbers against Logano, 5-5, split down the middle. So that 
kind of leans you towards Harvick. But here's the thing. I, I kind of feel like Harvick is kind of over the whole super speedway thing this part in his career. He, he knows that it's just, it's just wild, the Wild West, and he's not really into it. And I think Logano is is where you give the edge here. I'm going with the 22 car in this matchup. Harvick in this scenario kind of reminds me of like a guy, an older guy you go golfing with maybe, and he's on the tee box. If he hears anybody like making moves behind him, he like steps off the tee box, gets angry. Like I could see Harvick just kind of getting angry with all of the, the craziness at Daytona. So... And I'm pretty sure he's talked about it on the radio. Like, it's just not for him, right? And and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm making it, you know, justifying the, the 22 pick here. So lock it in, 22 car minus 118 over Kevin Harvick. So let's recap these picks. We're going to go with Larson over Truex minus 115, Almarola over Stenhouse minus 118, Bowman over Kurt Busch, minus 115, and Joey Logano over Kevin Harvick, minus 118. Put that together in a nice little parlay, and you're going to be cooking with some gas here to start the season. Now, I'll just say that's going to do it for the picks on the this episode, but follow me at Full Tank Phil on Instagram. As race day comes along, I'll probably be throwing out some more picks on the Insta stories because with Daytona and, you know, super speedways in general. I just can't contain myself. I'm betting left and right, throwing random stuff together. So if I put anything together that I think is share-worthy, I will do that on Instagram. So we're going to end it here tonight with a, a Phil's Fired Up that is all positive. I don't know if I'm just giddy because the 500 is around the corner and the race season is officially starting, but I'm all positive vibes right now about gambling on NASCAR. It's not as good as it can be, but they're making progress and call out some things that, you know, kind of draw your attention towards that positivity. So to start, you know, I mentioned before, more and more states are legalizing gambling and having the ability to bet on different sports and NASCAR on your phone at the drop of a hat. I mean, just makes it so much more fun. So the more states that legalize it, the more people that are going to be interested and the more spotlight can be put on this sport as we're, you know, talking about gambling. So great stuff there. Then we want to talk about NASCAR. I mean, I've been a, a big, loud proponent of NASCAR getting together their own sports book. And they teamed up last year with win bet in October. And that really makes me believe that they're, they've got something going on behind the scenes where they're going to work on something maybe for the 2022 season. It's going to take a while to put that all together, but they also have, so, so that's positive, right? Then they also have a partnership with MGM and NASCAR sent an email today on earlier today, Wednesday, when I'm recording this, um, where if you Bet on the Daytona 500. If you're a first-time user of MGM, you download their app in a state that has legalized gambling, you will get up to $600 of a bet back if you lose. So it's a risk-free bet up to $600. NASCAR is promoting that. And so I'm, you know, I had not downloaded MGM, but I already did, and I'm very interested in that. So what they're saying is, you know, you could bet 
a six hundred dollar bet on a, a parlay or a head to head matchup or shit, somebody to win the race, which would be an astronomical number. And um, if you lose, they'll give you that money back in free bets on their app. So very cool to see NASCAR promoting that. So they've got that partnership with MGM on top of what they have cooking with WinBet. So big things are coming. Things are starting to turn around. And and I mentioned in the prop section, you know, the, the head-to-heads for season wins, that's a step forward. The next thing that I would like to see is over-under per driver. You know, how many wins are guys going to have throughout the year. That's the kind of stuff that they need. And then you start promoting it on the telecast and it starts to build. So I think, you know, we're, we're making sm- slow progress, but things I believe sound like and smell like they're coming up around the corner. So other things to get excited about. I mean, we still have multiple different fantasy options out there. NASCAR has their fantasy option, which doesn't seem like it's changed much um, from last year. You just, you know, go in and pick your guys. You have a a max usage amount for the year. I think it's 10 uses per year. And um, you got a guy you can put, set your roster, put a guy in the garage that you can pull out mid-race if you watch the race live and um, mess around with your, tinker with your lineup. And it's basically just a season points situation. Uh, Fox is doing the super six thing where you answer six questions, basically where guys are going to finish. seems super impossible. I already did it this week for Daytona, and it's tough. I mean, they give you a driver, and you have to tell them, like, where they're going to finish. Um, but big money available, and it's free to play. Then you've got the, the Daily Fantasy situation out there, DraftKings, FanDuel. I mean, I love the Daily Fantasy stuff. I know we don't talk about it as much, but might be talking about that a little bit more this year, actually. And um, yeah, so you have that available to you. If you're not in a state where straight up gambling, the, the sports books are legal, a lot of times the daily fantasy stuff is already legal for you. Then found a, a fantasy option that looks really cool on fantasyracingonline.com where you sign up, cost 30 bucks, and you set your roster of seven guys and it basically keeps track of all of the points you're going to take on throughout the year and you finish within like the top I don't know 90 or 100 guys um, you win some cash so I signed up for that pretty cool concept it seemed like and um, just overall a lot of different options out there outside of the typical okay I'm betting on this guy to win the race or you know the other stuff that we talk about so if you're not in a scenario where or a state where you're able to place regular bets as far as gambling proper is concerned there's still a bunch of options out there for you and i'm i'm really excited to kind of follow along with this stuff as the year goes on so it's all good stuff and obviously if you're listening to this episode you care about it just as much as i do so i think we you know stay patient things are just going to keep getting better so that's going to do it for the first episode of the 2021 season for full tank with phil thank you for listening place those bets let's cash some big tickets for this daytona 500 on sunday get a nice little nest egg built up for the year and who knows have enough money left over to take your significant other out to a nice dinner for valentine's day remember drive fast take chances and we'll see you next time Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.
Shook Go. Yeah.